You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Payhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem Podcast. My name, of course, is Alex Reamer, and it's great to be with you here today. As it is each and every week, or whenever we decide to have an episode, you can find the show, and you know this by now, wherever you can find your favorite podcasts. We are available on Spotify, Apple, Google. You know the drill. Download, listen, rate, subscribe, and it all helps with our visibility in your favorite podcast app stores. Uh, have a great show coming up for you today. Uh, We have Kyle Coster of The Big Lead coming up in a few moments. Kyle is the editor-in-chief of The Big Lead, one of the internet's original uh, sports-slash-culture blogs, for lack of a better term. I know I sound like I'm probably 65 years old when I say that, but uh, The Big Lead has been a blog that I've read for many years. Uh, So great to have Kyle Coster, editor-in-chief of The Big Lead, on the show today. And one of the reasons why... I had Kyle on is he wrote a great piece last week in the midst of all the Tuo Tungavailoa uh, discussion titled, How Dare We Look Away from the Tuo Tungavailoa Replays. And I think Kyle really hits a nail on the head with his piece in which he says last week, of course, a lot of discussion about Tua starting that game against the Bengals on Thursday night football and then getting rocked, taking a huge hit, head slams against the turf removed with a concussion. Uh, It looked like he suffered a concussion the previous week against Buffalo. Uh, He had gross motor instability, couldn't stand up, fell down, uh, but yet was sent back into that game after missing just three offensive plays. You know the story. So when all that happened last Thursday night, there's a lot of criticism rightfully levied towards the Dolphins, rightfully levied towards the NFL, and also levied towards Amazon for A, not covering the context around the Tua injury, until the post-game show, at halftime, none of the analysts mentioned the broader conversation about whether Tua should have even played Thursday night in the first place. And Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet certainly didn't do that on the broadcast either. And Amazon also got pilloried on social media for continually showing the replay of Tua's hit and his head slamming against the turf and then him getting carried out uh, in a stretcher and his fingers. He did his fingers were contorting in that really scary way that we've learned since is a telltale sign for head injuries. So Amazon showed us the gruesome hit, the arguably even more gruesome aftermath several times, and they were excoriated on Twitter and social media for doing that. But Kyle's point, and it's the right one, if you want to think deeper about this, is that all the fans who were blaming Amazon for its coverage or blaming Amazon for showing the replay time and time again We're really just projecting because what did that Tua replay show? It showed the game of football in its most violent form. And we want to be in denial 
about what we're watching. We don't want to know how the sausage gets made, to use the term. And Amazon was throwing it right in our faces, right then and there, that Thursday night. And it was very hard for many people to look at. And I think I mentioned this last week on the show. It's one of the reasons why I find the concussion conversation so circuitous. And at this point in the 2022 season, to be pretty pointless. And I know this sounds very cynical because it is cynical, but we've been having this conversation for years and years. You go all the way back to the concussion movie, which by the way, bombed in theaters. You know, so we're going back almost 10 years ago now. And this stuff was really at a fever pitch uh, with all the concussion lawsuits. And, you know, we have changes to the system. We now have independent spotters who are up in the booth, who are supposed to stop the game when a player is suspected of suffering a head injury. But that didn't work Sunday night. Buccaneers tight end Cameron Brait suffered a concussion, but was allowed to play a whole quarter before he was removed from the game for a concussion. That got by the independent spotters. And we have independent neurologists on the sidelines now, but the independent neurologist working with the Dolphins was fired after the Tua incident. And by the way, the independent neurologist does not have final say as to who goes back into the game. That relies with the team physician, who A, works for the team, and B, is not always a neurologist. So we have those changes to the system. On paper, they look good, but they're far from foolproof because the fact of the matter is, if you don't want to find something, you typically won't find it. And that's where I think we are with the NFL and its concussion protocol. Players want to get back into the game. Teams obviously want players to get back into the game. And if you have a whole cadre of people who are trying to not find the head injury, I don't care how many medical degrees they have, they won't find the head injury. And that's what we come back to with the NFL. I think the system here failed Tua. And as far as the fans are concerned, we're all hypocrites because we complain on Twitter about this and blame the Dolphins for rushing Tua back and how gruesome and disgusting this is. And the NFL needs to treat its players better. But It doesn't impact our habits. We still love the NFL. We keep watching. Patriots-Packers this past Sunday averaged a 12.7 rating on CBS, 24.65 million viewers for the 4 o'clock window. That was the largest audience for the 4 o'clock window in week four of the season since 2015. And this year, the week four window on CBS in the 4 o'clock hour was the most watched since the network resumed airing games in 1998. So CBS breaks records and sets new marks, high marks for NFL viewership this week, just three days after Tua Tungavailoa suffers a horrible head injury against the Bengals. It can barely, and you know, his fingers are contorting all crazy. And we watch that. And then we go watch Patriots Packers because it was a good game. It was overtime. Bailey Zappi took Aaron Rodgers into overtime. Come on. How can you not want to watch that? So that's where I am with a lot of this concussion stuff. It's really just circuitous at this point. I think fans need to look more inward if we want to advance the conversation. And Kyle Coster of The Big Lead uh, comes on the show to talk about that. I also talk with... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kyle, about Tom Brady, and this is relevant to the concussion story because, of course, as far back as at least 2017, Giselle Bunchen was talking publicly about her fear with head injuries. She said in that interview, uh, was it with CBS? I think it might have been with CBS that Tom, she says, suffers concussions pretty much every year. And that's a real worry for her. So we go back at least five years to Giselle speaking publicly about the dangers of football, her concerns with head injuries. And since then, it's been believed. It's been inferred. It's kind of been reported. Brady has kind of referenced it in his multiple docu-series, Tom vs. Time. And then the latest one that came out last year, Man in the Arena, about the push and pulley feels between football and family. That's the interesting thing. We learned this week, of course, that Brady and Giselle reportedly have hired divorce attorneys. Sources close to their couple say the marriage is beyond repair at this point. They've been living apart the last couple of months, even last week when Hurricane Ian battered Florida's West Coast. Brady relocated to Miami, where Giselle also was hanging out, but they stayed in separate homes as they rode out the storm there. Um, But as I was saying, Brady publicly has hinted at this for quite a while, this push and pull. And it was very apparent when he suddenly announced his 40-day retirement last winter and then came back 40 days later, talking a lot about family and I need to be there more for my kids and divide up the work more. And then 40 days later, he goes back. We had Seth Wickersham on the show a few weeks ago, of course, one of the perennial Brady and Patriot insiders. And Seth said, and I think he was just speaking extemporaneously, but Seth said that, Giselle and Brady's kids must have found it a little, or their kids, of course, they share two children, uh, must have found it weird or a little awkward that they were named as the reason for Brady's retirement last winter. And then 40 days later, Brady just changes his mind. And we read uh, subsequent reporting, mostly page six in the New York Post, about how Brady and Giselle, that's been a real sticking point for them. And it hasn't recovered since then. Brady's 11 day absence of training camp. In August was apparently to repair, try to repair these differences between him and Giselle. But basically, Giselle wants him to stop playing football, and Brady just won't. And that is the most interesting part of the story here to me. And it's relevant to Brady as a football player and Brady as a public person, so I feel comfortable talking about it here. Tom Brady has it all. He has a net worth of an estimated $250 million dollars. He has a $375 million contract with Fox. (laughs) I mean, hello, Uh, that he can start anytime once his playing career ends to call games and serve as a brand ambassador. He has the Brady brand, the clothing line. He still has TB12. You forget about that, but that's still a passion of his. Uh, He has his own production company as well. Brady has so many post-career opportunities, post-career businesses to involve himself in. He has perfect family, great wife, more money than anybody could ever imagine. And yet he wants to play football and he wants to play against the Saints a couple weeks ago and get battered around. He wants to play against the Chiefs and he suffered an injury on his throwing shoulder. And he also threw for 385 yards and three touchdowns on Sunday night. So Brady is not kidding. He's a maniac and he loves football so much, so much that he will throw away his marriage. I mean, that's pretty insane. And that to me is the most interesting part of the story that Tom Brady, it seems like here chose football over keeping his marriage together. 
And that's pretty, that's pretty incredible, no matter how you look at it. So that's the part of the story I find most interesting. I also find it interesting, as I said, that Brady's been hinting at this for years. And him and Giselle really, I was thinking about this the other day, really one of the last A-list couples that we have, you know, couples, A-listers that who everybody knows. I mean, we still have J-Lo and Ben Affleck, uh, and then previously had J-Lo and A-Rod. Uh, we have Prince Harry, or I guess now just regular Harry, and Meghan Markle. Uh, you can throw John Legend and Chrissy Teigen in there as well. But outside of that, you know, we're Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears. We don't really have that anymore. Because to use a big fancy term, we don't really have a monoculture anymore. Everything is so niche. A uh, million different YouTube celebrities, Twitch celebrities, TikTok celebrities. There's no more of that monoculture. And Brady and Giselle really one of the last A-list couples that embody that. So that's another side story to their divorce or their reported divorce uh, is the end of a celebrity culture era.